Welcome to the Eric Metaxas Show. I shouldn't tell you this, but Eric hired someone who sounds just like him to host today's show. But since I'm the announcer, they told me, so I'm telling you, don't be fooled. The real Eric's in jail. Hey there, folks. Welcome to the program. Now, um, Chris Himes, I want to share a couple of things. People have been wondering, where, where's Albin? And yeah. I, uh, people wouldn't, wouldn't believe it if I told you. I might, as, I might as well just say it. He had breast reduction surgery. And the fact is, folks, listen, that's between him and his wife and his God. And you don't judge. You don't judge people. All right. That's uh, that's actually not true. But the the good news is it's a bit of a mystery. But we've 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 tracked him down. You know, he's he's going to come back and give us an update. But last uh, known uh, sources say he is in Cairo, Egypt. That's not a joke. No, no that's not a joke. True, because they have a clinic for this kind of surgery in Cairo. They don't ask questions. But the fact of the matter is that uh, he'll be on the program eventually to tell you in his own words. Yeah. Uh, you know, slim down figure and, and whatever it is. We'll let him, a, yeah, we'll let him tell us. But there may be a book involved. There may be uh, an abduction and taken overseas. But yeah, but he'll be back soon to uh, to reveal. Look, he has a book yeah. out. And the only reason I know that is because I wrote the foreword to the book. But anyway, so we'll we'll, we'll update you on Albin because people were wondering. But I I um I, I also uh, want to say that the reason that I am today in San Diego is because tonight uh, there's a TPUSA faith event, a pastor's conference here in San Diego. Uh, and I'm going to be speaking at that. And um, tomorrow night I'm at an event at the, uh, the Nixon library up in the Los Angeles area, your Belinda. But tonight uh, is a big deal for me because here in San Diego, I'm going to premiere the trailer. I've not seen it myself. Uh, before I speak, they're going to play the trailer for the documentary of my book, Letter to the American Church. Um, the people behind it who are now friends are astonishing filmmakers. It's fantastic to know that that they've done this. But we're going to play the trailer for the documentary Letter to the American Church. And we're trying to figure out, and Chris, you're in the mix, so you know as much about this as I do. But um, I'm guessing that we're going to have a Fathom event around November 1st, uh, that it will eventually be available in other places. But yeah, my hope is it'll turn into like the Rocky Horror Picture Show kind of thing where people eventually come in costume with uh, as Eric, you know, with the pocket squares and the blazers and all of it. That's yeah, that's what we're hoping. (laughs) The reason, you know, I wrote the book Letter to the American Church and the reason we've made this documentary Letter to the American Church uh, is because we need to uh, if you care about what's happening in America and if you follow my thesis in Letter to the American Church, the silence of the church, the inaction of the church at a very, very, very crucial time um, In Germany, it led to a waking nightmare where evil took over. That is happening in America. And I believe God called me to write a letter to the American church uh, to wake people up. Um, Some people are already awake, but many in the church and many church leaders are utterly uh, asleep at the wheel at a time when the church has to be awakened. And I say to people strongly, if you're going to that kind of a church where they're not dealing with 
with the rampant evil that affects everybody. It's kind of like saying, well, you know, slavery is not a that's not a biblical issue. People can disagree. To, I, I disagree with that. There are things happening in our time which maybe they don't affect you or your family, but they're affecting people in America, Christians, non-Christians. We're supposed to care about everybody, just as in Germany, Bonhoeffer said the church is supposed to care about what's happening to the Jews. You don't say, well, I'm not a Jew. It doesn't affect me. So the world is falling apart around us. The more you look into it, the more horrifying it is. So if you're not doing anything or if your church is not leading on this, you've got to leave that. You've got to get out of that church. God, God will judge you for sitting in the pews and singing hymns while the Jews pass by on the trains. This is that's basically where we are. So it's why I wrote letter to the American church. Uh, we have a study guide out with letter to the American church. Um, and uh, cause people are studying it in small groups, uh, whatever, but the documentary, I'm going to see the trailer tonight. I can't even believe that it's, it's, it's finally that the film is almost done. So the trailer is the trailer is done. So I'm going to see that tonight, but letter to the American church is probably a website letter to the American church.com. I haven't even looked myself yet, but this is exciting. That is the website. Okay. Letter to the American church.com because we are, we're just figuring out where the film is going to be. Again, I think it's going to be a fathom event, but this is about a movement. This is about waking people up and by the grace of God, saving this nation for God's purposes, not for our purposes, for God's purposes. Uh, and, and, and I just feel that, um, you know, I feel very excited about it. Uh, before we go to Zmirak, let me mention um, one of our sponsors, as you know, is Mike Lindell, MyPillowMyStore.com. He uh, did a deposition recently, and it's been on the internet. It's been on Twitter. The guy is just a, a maniac hero. He has been, they have put him through hell. It's very similar to what they do with Trump. You know, you don't need to, to agree with somebody or like everything. About it. But it, when, when, you, when I see somebody being treated very, very unfairly, despicably, it gets my back up. I, I, I and it, and you know, this has happened to me with people that I totally disagree with on everything. I, I won't mention their names, but there's some very liberal people that have been attacked in such a way that I go, that's just totally unfair. It's wrong. So it doesn't matter that I don't agree with them on all these issues. We don't treat people that way. That's that's wrong on any level. And the way Mike Lindell has been treated, and many people don't know it, but it's unbelievable what they have put him through. Um, so I want to ask you, he's a sponsor on this program. I want to ask you to support him and to support this program by going to mystore.com and mypillow.com today. Uh, spend as much money as you can. Use the code Eric. If you don't use the code Eric, this program doesn't get credit for it. That's very important uh, to this program financially. So please use the code Eric and tell your friends to use the code Eric uh, and tell everyone you can to use the code Eric because uh, it, it helps this program. But Mike Lindell is somebody that um, is is an extraordinary. He's a force of nature. He's been through hell in his life. If you know his story, his book, it's unbelievable what they're putting him through. So uh, go to mystore.com, mypillow.com, use the code Eric. And at mystore.com, I'm telling people, if you don't want to buy my books on Amazon, which I, I hope you don't, Buy the hardcovers. They're at great prices at mystore.com. If you use the code Eric, I always recommend the hardcovers. It makes a big difference. And the Bonhoeffer poster, if you don't have one, but you should buy 10 and give them away as gifts. They're gorgeous. Uh, okay, we'll be right back with John Zmirak. I'll give you- 
folks. Every week, it is my privilege to bring you John Zmirak. John Zmirak, thanks for coming on. Uh, lots going on. What do you want to talk about? Well, Eric, um, I hate to be right about stuff, as you, as you know. Uh, when we talked about the Iraq war back in 2003, I said, I don't know. I think this is going to be a total catastrophe. And, you know, I hate being right. Yep. I got a new book coming out in a few weeks called No Second Amendment, No First. And it's about the connection between religious freedom and the freedom of speech on the one hand and gun rights on the other. And um, I, I think too many religious believers, too many Christians in the pews don't see the intimate connections between those rights. That Now, hang on. You have a book coming out. Is it available on Amazon yet? Not yet. No, it's available for pre-order from the publisher. When it's available on Amazon, I believe we'll let people know. Well, this is a big deal. It, it should be up there uh, already because this concept you're talking about here, when you talk to me about this, I wrote the forward to the book. I read the book. It, it is so central that it's it, it's one of those things that you it's astonishing and it's sickening that everybody doesn't know this. So please continue. Sure. Um our founding fathers put the Second Amendment in the Constitution, and it was unanimous all across the spectrum from the most religious conservatives to deists like Thomas Jefferson, Federalists, Anti-Federalists. Everybody agreed that gun rights were absolutely essential. Uh, James Madison said any potential tyrant would face an, uh, a militia of half a million citizens who would resist his tyranny because they had just overthrown the tyranny of the British Parliament overseen by George III. They just defeated the largest empire on earth with the, with the best military on earth, uh, largely in, at first with citizens' militias and then with a self-organized continental army. They put the Second Amendment in the Constitution as the last guarantee against tyranny. And people don't think that through. They just think the Second Amendment's for hunting or it's for self-defense against crime. Well, those two things are important. But the biggest criminal in the history of the world is the postmodern, godless, secular state. In the time between 1914 and 1990, uh, governments murdered at least 170 million of their citizens, not including casualties of war. 170 million civilians, according to the book, the democide scholar R.J. Rummel and the book Death by Government. You can go online. Death by Government is available free online and you can look at the numbers. 170 million people. What did they have in common? We're talking from China to Portugal to Germany to Poland to Russia to Spain. Those Innocent civilians murdered by their government only had one thing in common. They had been disarmed first by those same governments before the genocide happened. And indeed, if we look, the first thing Stalin, I'm sorry, Lenin did when taking power in Russia was seizing private firearms. The first thing Hitler did in Germany was seizing private firearms from Jews, socialists and members of labor unions. Uh, the first thing Castro did in Cuba and that Maduro did in Venez Chavez and then Maduro did in Venezuela was seizing private farms. Well, now in the great state of New Mexico, the Democrat governor has announced 
that in the city of Albuquerque, there is a public health emergency. And so she is suspending the Second Amendment rights of everyone in the city of Albuquerque because of a public health crisis. Let's define things here. What public health crisis? It sounds to me like that is a joke. It is a sick lie. So let's start there. What public health crisis? Crime. People, some people were shot. And because some people broke the law by shooting people, because even in Democrat states, shooting people on the street is still technically illegal. (laughs) You might not realize that. Uh, Shooting people on the street in New York, still technically illegal. So keep that in mind, Derek. I better make a note of that. Yeah, yeah. Note to self. Um, So people who are already violating the law, probably who are legal to have to possess guns because they're probably felons already. People who are illegally have illegal guns that they're using illegally to commit illegal acts uh, because those people are there. um, People who are following the law, which allows people to carry firearms in New Mexico because the people voted that way. Those people's rights have to be suspended, not by the legislature, by a an executive order, a diktat, like a Russian czar or a Soviet commissar would give. She has just declared that the Second Amendment is null and void in this city of her state and on her own authority. Now, thank God, local sheriffs have said they will not enforce this order because it's unconstitutional. David Hogg, of all people, God bless him, has said this is, uh, look, I'm all for grabbing the citizens' guns and taking away their rights, but this is unconstitutional. You have to do this through the legislature. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, the, the first sign he's given that he, he is fit to be to be a student at Harvard. But, and a and hundred armed citizens just showed up in the streets holding their weapons, defying the police to arrest them. That was a very good start. Yes. Okay. And and thankfully, the police refused to issue any citations because they know this is crazy. But how could we get to this place where a Democrat governor thinks she can suspend one of the Bill of Rights on her own say-so by signing a piece of paper? Well, we got that's, I mean, of course, that's my question. In other well, words, I, this is... How do we get and so the question is, how how could somebody think such a thing? So what's the answer? Because it works. Uh, it's what Gretchen Whitmer did in Michigan. She suspended the Michigan Constitution and locked people in their homes. In fact, a state court later overturned it and said she behaved unconstitutionally. She needs to be prosecuted for that. Correct. Should be in prison. Those those guys who the who the FBI recruited to do a citizen's arrest of Gretchen Whitmer for violating the state constitution. You know, they were crazy and they they were deluded and they were being fooled by the feds. But they were not entirely off base. The governor is violating the state constitution, locking you in your home, taking away all your rights. And you have you just can't do anything. You can't do anything. You just have to wait and hope that eventually somebody will challenge it in court. That's not what the founding fathers did. That's not how America was created. It was not created by people going to the British Parliament and and begging and pleading and hoping that eventually someone in the British Parliament would listen to them. Uh, 
Andrew Cuomo in New York violated the state constitution. He declared a public health crisis in New York because of COVID and said he was going to seize private firearms as part of it. This whole public health rationale is a very effective and and clever weapon by the left, whereby they say, you are threatening your neighbor. You're threatening the lives of your neighbor. If you go to church, if you go to work, you might be killing your neighbor. That's attempted murder. And if you speak up in defense of those things, you are effectively urging people to commit murder. So your speech is inherently harmful. So we can censor it from the Internet. We can get you fired from your job. We can, we can send the police to your house to tell you to stop talking. All our rights were suspended during the COVID panic, the manufactured COVID panic. The whole Constitution was thrown in the trash bin in large parts of America. And uh, there's a great book uh, by Daniel Horowitz and Steve Deese, The Rise of the Fourth Reich, all about the parallels with Nazi Germany in the COVID panic and the attack on our individual rights. But if you don't see that the churches caving in and closing their doors and taking money from the government, that was the absolute surrender. Uh, and it it showed us that um, it showed our, our masters, our elites, Americans aren't going to fight this. They're just going to fold like like cheap tents, because during the American founding, as I document in No Second Amendment, No First, the churches were the centers of resistance to tyranny. That's where the local militias would meet, where they would do firearms practice, where they would hear sermons from the preacher about the importance of resisting tyranny and fighting for justice. Now, what are our churches doing? Most of them are echoing the rhetoric about the public health crisis of gun violence. Threatening well, we're, we're going to a break. And this is uh, this is a, a, a note to, to self. Make a comment. Uh, here's my comment, folks. If you're going one, to one of those churches that is going along like a dead fish floating along with the stream, you need to get out of that church. God is going to judge you. God is going to hold you responsible for what kind of church you attended during a national crisis such as we're going through in the United States right now. You need to pick a side. We'll be right back. Welcome back, folks. Talking to John Zmirak. You can find him at stream.org. Uh, I ask you always uh, to post his articles and your social media, post these videos, these interviews on your social media. We need your help in spreading the word. So, John, we're, we're talking about something really central here, uh, how uh, the governor uh, in New Mexico has done something unconstitutional. But what's interesting is you and I are seeing this. We're all seeing this lately. In other words, 20 years ago, people didn't do this. 10 years ago, something happened where government authorities are overreaching dramatically in a way that we've never seen before. And it's a test for the American people, particularly for anybody who claims to be some kind of Christian. Are you going to stand for it? Are you going to let them get away with it? If you You let them get away with it, it's on you. During COVID, a lot of churches, a lot of people kind of gave it a pass. I hope that most people learned we made a mistake. We must never, ever make this mistake again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
right now what they're doing is they're they're pushing the boundary they're pushing the boundary there it's like a wolf sniffing around to see if it can get into the sheepfold to see how many lambs it can steal they're they're trying to see how much power they can take over our lives without getting wrapped on the snout um and they're going to push relentlessly and if they get smacked in the snout they'll back off a little bit for a while but they they got away with so much during COVID. They could lock you in your home, make your livelihood illegal, declare that your church was inessential, but the abortion clinic down the block was essential. That your place of work was not essential, but a casino or a strip joint or uh again, an, an abortion clinic most shocked. And a lot of churches went along with this. They, this is oh, this absolutely. is my this is my shooting a flare up. Ladies and gentlemen, did your church go along with this? Did your pastor go along with this? If your pastor went along with this, did your pastor ever repent publicly of going along with this? Certainly mine hasn't because my pastor is Pope Francis. Uh, my, Pope Francis was in the conspiracy to force people to take an abortion derived vaccine. He he said Catholics had no right to refuse that vaccine, when in fact, every Catholic, every Christian, every pro-lifer should have refused the dead baby vaccine. He even issued, minted a coin at the Vatican of a young person getting vaccinated. The young people who absolutely did not need any vaccine against COVID. So I don't expect Francis, who's a Marxist bum uh, or atheist, whatever he is, I don't expect him to repent. But there are many evangelical leaders I won't name them, but some prominent evangelical leaders who pushed, for example, for the dead baby vaccine. Have they repented? Are they reading the reports of the sudden deaths of young people? Are they are they tracking this stuff? Have they repented of this? Uh, Have they repented of shutting down their churches or and advocating that others shut down their churches? Have they finally seen what was done to them and how they failed have they repented? Are they talking about this? That's the question, folks. If you're going to a church that pushed for this stuff and has not seen the error of their ways and repented publicly, you need to find another church. I say this very seriously. The whole notion, whenever you hear someone use the words public health, you should assume that they're probably lying and their hand is in your pocket trying to take your wallet. Just the words public health, uh, it is a collectivist notion that we are not responsible for our individual health. We can't choose our medicine between us and our doctor. Um, no, the federal government or the World Health Organization is going to determine what medicines are appropriate for us. And we'll, we'll tell our drugstore not to dispense the medicine that we want. I couldn't get ivermectin. I was not going to take the dead baby vaccine. I decided, well, at the time, I thought the vaccine was safe and effective. I just thought it was immoral. And I I was in a risk group for dying of COVID. And I thought, well, you know, I might die of COVID. Rather, I'd rather die of COVID than live through cannibalism by taking a vaccine made using dead babies. So maybe I'll die here. But no, I was I was cursed to live on in this horrendous world of ours. And in fact, I I got hold of Dr. Peter McCullough and I got his protocol and I started taking ivermectin. I had to get ivermectin 
through an online feed store. I still have the bottle in my fridge. It has a horse and a pig on the bottle. Why? Because my local uh, pharmacies would not dispense an ivermectin prescription from my doctor. Because John, why? Yeah. Because the federal government had decided it would not allow any alternatives to the vaccine. It would not allow any alternatives to the lockdown because the whole point of the covid crisis was a test. It was a a a a field test. How much tyranny can they get away with? Can we lock people in their homes? Can we close their businesses? Can we close their churches? Can we seize their guns? Can we silence their free speech? All in the name of public health. Can we transform America from a nation of free people who believe they have immortal souls and are responsible to God into a termite colony or an anthill where only the elite make any decisions and everyone else mindlessly just records those decisions brushes their antenna against another set of antenna and 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 obeys it and that that ant colony that that anthill that beehive model of humanity is what the left believes in and what too many of our churchmen believe in okay folks i'll say it again if you're going to one of those churches you need to push the pastor to repent publicly or leave that church this is serious we'll be right back it's been hey it's been so hard to figure out we go on Welcome back. Talking to John Smirak. John, you live in Texas, but you have written uh, about this, that what is happening in Texas right now is central to the entire nation, the United States of America, because there are moderate rhino Republicans trying to impeach Ken Paxton, the attorney general. Uh, You say and others have said it's basically because Ken Paxton defeated George P. Bush. Uh, I don't know what that middle initial stands for, wussy or rhino. But can you tell me uh, what, what is Paxton, going on? The reason this is important is if Texas flips blue, America is finished. Finished in that you'll never get another pro-life president. You'll never get another president who supports religious liberty. There won't be any big state whose school system pushes back against pornographic literature being taught to to third graders and younger. Um, You won't have any institutional power for any Christian or conservative value in America. Uh, We will be completely marginalized and, and our Constitution will soon be null and void because the Democrats will pack the Supreme Court. If Texas goes... The whole country goes. And by, by the way, just to, to clarify on where Texas is today, uh, this morning I watched a video. Tucker Carlson uh, gave a speech in Michigan where he calls out Republican Governor uh, Greg Abbott for doing nothing to stop millions of people from crossing the border from Mexico into the United States in Texas. So this is a Republican governor in Texas. Uh, who is, doesn't seem 
to care about what most people in Texas right. care about, what most Americans care about. So to your point, Ken Paxton is one of the heroes in Texas. He's the that attorney general well. and he scares the moderate rhinos to death in the way I guess that Trump scares the moderate rhinos like Mitch McConnell to death. Right, right. Uh, Ken Paxton has been pushing against the rhino establishment in the Republican Party in Texas and irritating people. And it wasn't his turn. It was George P. Bush's turn to be attorney general. So he should have just resigned his office when George P. Bush announced he was running for that race. Uh, But here's why this is important. Texas today is is stands in a position the way Great Britain did in in fall of 1940. It's the last domino. And if it falls, everything else falls behind it. Ken, I wrote a column at stream.org that Ken Paxton is kind of in the position of Winston Churchill in fall of night in, in summer and fall of 1940, where people were saying, oh, he has ethics problems. Oh, he has character problems. Oh, we don't like his personality. Oh, we don't like his his track record from 20 years ago. We want to remove him from office and and make a deal with the Nazis and let them take over Europe. Well, here's what Ken Paxton has done. Ken Paxton is one of the only state attorneys general who fought against a a dozen lawsuits in 2019 and 2020 trying to make ballot harvesting and ballot fraud easy in Texas. Um, Just this weekend, I went on Twitter uh, and watched, finally watched 2000 Mules, Eric. And I have to say what I took away from that film was your green pants. But a few other things, a few other things beyond your green pants, which those pants were really green. It wasn't just they didn't do that in post. They were Will Ferrell. They were Will Ferrell in Elf Green, Eric. Thank thank you. I will never forget them. Thank you. Uh, But 2000 Mules, you saw how the election was stolen in, in multiple swing states. People don't realize that that almost happened in Texas. But Ken Paxton went to court and fought doggedly fought a dozen lawsuits from Soros-sponsored left-wing activist groups trying to make ballot harvesting and ballot drop boxes sitting on the street like like trash bins legal in Texas. And if that had if he had not fought, if it had been another George Bush clone, if it had been another member of the Texas Rhino establishment as as attorney general, Texas would now be a blue state. Uh, and we would have no prospect of ever winning a presidential election again. Well, right now, the rhinos are trying to remove Ken Paxton from office with a a cobbled together bunch of fake charges against him in an impeachment trial. And the trial is happening now in the Texas Senate. And on issue after issue, Paxton's attorneys are interrogating the so-called witnesses. These are a bunch of rhinos who were working under Paxton, who resigned en masse and went to the FBI and said, we suspect Ken Paxton of crimes. Did they have any evidence? Now they're being forced to admit under oath. No, we had no evidence. No. Yes, we have no bananas. They So they went to the FBI and just said, we we suspect he's committing a crime. We don't have any evidence. Well, we know that's good enough for the FBI because Ken Paxton was a conservative. So the FBI launches these open ended investigations, never finds anything, never files charges. But every four years it announces, you know, he's still under suspicion. 
because an election is coming up. So our politicized FBI, which is working like the East German secret police, the Stasi, to serve the regime of those who control it in Washington, the Biden gang, uh, the FBI is happy to smear a conservative Republican. These rhino Republicans were willing to work with the FBI on the one hand and the radical left on the other to try to destroy Ken Paxton just because he stepped on the toes of the Bush dynasty, which rules, wants to rule Texas like a tin pot dictatorship, which wants to rule the Republican Party like a tin pot dictatorship. And let's remind people, George W. Bush and W. does stand, I checked, for wussy. George W. Bush, whom I once admired, said he compared those who were in the Capitol on January 6th, patriots, peaceful patriots, he compared them to those who flew planes into buildings and murdered thousands of Americans. That is what the Bush family has become. And I'll tell you something, John, the greatest shock of where we are in America today is realizing that many whom we trusted, some of us trusted, we ought not to have trusted and we have to publicly repent as I repent of having gone along with that narrative uh, and told people to do so. Uh, we need to wake up. We need to stop being nostalgic for whatever it was that we once thought was OK, because these places, these churches, these institutions, these people, they're not OK. We'll be right back talking to John Smirak. moments left with John Zmirak. John, what else is on your mind? Well, I do most of my writing for stream.org, but occasionally I branch out. And um, there's a fantastic magazine that all your listeners should be reading called Chronicles. It is a solid conservative magazine that has been right about pretty much everything when everybody else was wrong. It was against George W. Bush in 2000. It was against the Iraq war in 2003. It was against Mitt Romney, Mitch McConnell, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. It warned us about a narco tyranny. That's where anarchy for me, tyranny for thee. Democrats can burn down cities, but you can't take a selfie at the Capitol. Chronicles magazine, find it and subscribe to it. It's, it's a courageous, beautifully written magazine. Well, I've got, I, they asked me to do a review of the movie Sound of Freedom. And most of your listeners have probably seen it already. Um, they probably even know about the, the smear campaign that was run against Sound of Freedom. First, they said, oh, you know, one of the main financial producers and backers of that film is, was arrested for, for child sex trafficking. Well, actually, none of that is true. And in the in that sentence are false. As it turns out, one of the 6,000 people on who went on online and invested like a few hundred dollars through crowdfunding. One of those guys was a landlord and there was a custody dispute. One of his tenants was having with her ex-husband and the tent, the, the landlord took the, the mother's side 
and the mother didn't let the police in to seize the child and they blamed the landlord. And so he was charged with getting involved in this custody dispute that was spun online to the point that my sister was telling me, I heard that pedophiles are behind the making of that film. Ladies and gentlemen, this is where we are in America, that you almost can't believe anything, because when somebody hates something, something great, like a film, like The Sound of Freedom, they will say almost anything to get people from going to that film. And I hope you do go to that film. And John, your article is at what's the website for Chronicles? Uh, Chronicles magazine. Dot com, okay. Chronicles magazine dot com. OK, another great source or of Chronicles information. mag. Just Google Chronicles. Chronicles. OK, um, so what I wrote about is the campaign to smear Sound of Freedom. Uh, another charge was that Sound of Freedom is not based on facts, but it's based on QAnon conspiracy theory. Um, in my article, I focus on the fact that let's leave, set QAnon aside. We don't need secret message boards and little Anglo-Saxon style riddles that people put out online. We don't need any of that. We know there is an elite conspiracy to sexualize our children because the state of California just told us that. The state of California is a it has just passed and Gavin Newsom is about to sign a bill that if parents don't go along with a school psychologist or counselor who thinks their kid wants ought to change sex and take hormones and maybe get castrated. If you resist their attempt to do a transgender mutilation of your child, you're going to lose custody. You're going to lose custody of your kids if you don't want them put on sex hormones and counseled to have their breast, breasts or genital, healthy genitals cut off. Uh, look at all the states where explicit filthy sex education is being pressed on kindergartners, second graders, third graders. And if you speak out against that at a school board meeting, the FBI will label you a domestic terrorist. These are all facts. Yeah, and if you don't speak out, God will label you a coward and cast you into the lake of fire. I there think. is that. There is uh, that downside. We're out of time, John. Ten seconds. Go read Chronicles magazine. Read it. Read me at stream.org. Pray and, see, and see the sound of freedom and yes. do not ever see a Disney film ever again. We're out of time. John, just a joy to have you. Thank you, my friend. Thanks.